know without a doubt, not just intellectually, but know it and believe it in every fiber of your being. The power in you is greater than any power outside of you. And when you know that, know it, know it, know it really, then nothing can harm you. No matter what negative energy, no matter what negative circumstance comes, you can always bounce back because you know who you are. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 651. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. I must forewarn you, our lovely listeners, that I am on my second cup of coffee and I am so excited about the conversation that we are going to be having today because it is with Nancy Showalter, a law of attraction life coach, spirituality mentor, and the host of Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Did I get that right? Political Incorrect? Okay, because I wrote that wrong. But I love, and I want you to share a bit of your story, but I don't know if you know that I was introduced to the law of attraction in Abraham Hicks in 2009, and I was 30 years old by that point. And until that point, I thought that life was just how life was, that it was all, and I'm going to watch my mouth, it was all S-H-I-T, the dark cloud was everybody else's fault but my own, and that I could do nothing about my attitude. It was just going to be stinky and people were just going to have to deal with it. You've met me in person. So you know that's not, I mean, it's been 10 years since then. That is not how I live my life today. But thank you for what you do because I know that there are a whole lot of people, I encounter them every single day, including sometimes in my house, who need to be introduced (laughs) to the law of attraction and change their way of thinking. So thank you so much for what you do. But with that said, how did you get into this? How were you introduced? Well, you know, I always like to say I was born with a mission because Mm -hmm. I just felt from the time I was very young, I was on a spiritual path of searching for, you know, truth, for enlightenment. And I just had that interest from the very beginning. And so I studied you know, as I grew matured, I studied world religions, I studied Eastern religion, I studied yoga, I taught yoga for a number of years, uh, hatha yoga, but with with the understanding that it, you know, it's to connect you to the spirituality. And then I, I progressed to the point, you know, as you study, and you learn about the law of attraction, which, of course, is you know, what you put out, you get back, basically, in very simple term, what you sow, you reap, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There, it's really innate to us, the law of attraction, we maybe haven't, you know, that's a new term, modern term, we call it the law of attraction, but the law of cause and effect, we kind of use it even in our colloquial language, like, you know, what goes around comes around, you know, (laughs) and just different ways that we innately understand. Mm the law of attraction. So it's not really, it's not a new concept. I mean, obviously, the whole universe functions on this concept. And we are a creator, and we do put out causes, and those effects do return to us. So 
I got into it, and then I actually went, I studied mostly spirituality. I worked with a nonprofit. I traveled all around Latin America and around a number of countries in the world and worked with groups, spiritual groups, and, you know, trained in spiritual concepts. But the law of attraction is a spiritual concept, basically, when you, if you want to put it in that perspective. And so then I went to the Quantum Success Academy. Christy Whitman's program mm-hmm. to get certified in the law of attraction. And then I just continued my spiritual work. I've worked with nonprofits for a, a major part of my adult life. And I say for the last 30 years, you know. And so that's how I just kind of got into it and understood. I had an experience when I was young, in my 20s, and I understood that there's a greater part to myself. This experience was someone had done something to me, hurt me in some way. And honestly, I don't even remember the details, but I remember the lesson because I was crying and I'm not a crying type person. I didn't cry a lot, but I was crying because I was deeply hurt. And all of a sudden I was separated from the part of me that was crying and I was watching myself crying. Hmm. And I started talking to myself, and I said, Nancy, it's okay. He or she, whatever, may not love you or care or whatever, but I do. I love you. I've got your back, you know, and almost like a parent holding the child and comforting that child while I was still crying. This was all happening. And at that moment, I realized if I continue on this path, I'm going to be a victim the rest of my life. And that was a huge shift for me. That was huge in me too. The day I was introduced to the law of attraction, realizing that I wasn't the victim and I was making my choices and I could choose whether or not other people had the right or the power to determine my happiness. Yes. That was huge. Um, And I shocked that you know what out of my ex now ex-husband. I was like, (laughs) he came home. He's... Nancy, I burn just about everything I cook, everything, <laughs> and I'm okay with that because I know that my my genius zone is not in the kitchen. Thank goodness. <laughs> but you know, I was burning the chicken or the curry again, and and I just I smiled at him when he came home and started in on my horrible cooking. I was like, you know what? Are you? I think he asked me, why are you smiling? I said, because you no longer have the the right to decide if I'm happy or not. And the look of shock on his face that I was no longer going to wow. be the victim right. was, was just bang. It was amazing. I read The Power of Now last year mm-hmm. or the year before. I don't remember. It's all blending together right now. And I remember Eckhart Tolle talking about the highway, how we sometimes we just have to choose to step off or almost all the time, I think, is what he's saying, step to the side and look down or not. I don't like saying look down. Become the observer, basically. Yes. Thank you very much. You are so much more eloquent in talking about this than I am. But become that observer. And I love imagery like that because that's what I connect with. So Mm -hmm. I was able to resonate with that so much. And then I tried to explain it to my husband that (laughs) that didn't go so well. But I was raised Catholic and I was also raised in a family that you don't, 
you don't talk about feelings. You don't show your feelings. You don't mm-hmm. cry. Whatever is, is. And that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And finding this new reality was completely eye-opening. And I've been working now to show that to my kids <laughs> to the point that one yes. of them had a horrible attitude. And I, I made them read a book of my choice in order <laughs> to get ungrounded. And he's like, wow, can it, is it really this easy? You can think better, live better. That was actually the book. And I was like, yes, you can think better, live better. Yeah. It's liberating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And I, I like to, from my perspective, and I, I like to have help people look at life sometimes from a more spiritual perspective, because I think that sometimes is a much broader understanding of who we are and where we're going and what it's all about. <laughs> and so, you know, I have this step into a higher dimension of yourself, a larger dimension of yourself, so you understand, yes, we, of course, we have a physical body we're very aware of. We have emotions and we have our feelings. We have our thoughts. We have all of these things. But there is a portion of us that is beyond those things. And it's that presence of who we are, the part of us created in the image and likeness of the divine. Call it the source. Call it whatever you want to call it. But we came forth as perfect beings. And we expect you know, part of us still stays in that high spiritual realm. And then our soul is in this dimension for a period of time. But we're always connected to that higher part of us, that part that was made in the image and likeness of the divine, that part that has that perfection and doesn't look upon the imperfection of where we are. This is our experience. This is our opportunity because we have free will. And it's really interesting because there's so much discussion, you know, today in the world, and especially in the United States, where, you know, we're talking about equality. And it's such an interesting thing. Yes, we were all created equal. But then I love how the teacher Mark Prophet says, he says, and that's where equality ends, because we have free will. And just like we're describing, like you're describing how in the past, you know, you may have been putting out energy that wasn't the most productive for you or people around you or any of us when we have that. And then then we shift and we understand there's a better way to use the energy and the life force that we have that's flowing to us constantly from our higher self. And that higher self is the I am. It's the presence. I mean, we're the only species on the planet that can say I am and have self-awareness. I mean, animals are great, they're beautiful, wonderful, intelligent, can learn a lot of things, but they don't make decisions, like you said. They don't have self-awareness, and we do. And so that I am presence, that I am, using those words, we're calling upon the divine part of ourself to create a certain condition, whatever we follow those words afterwards, after we say I am. So words make a difference. And just like our thoughts make a difference. Absolutely. I'm thinking about my kids right now. Ten years ago when I was married to my ex, we had two children together. My older boys are now 14 and 17. Because my mindset and mindfulness was so crap. You know, it 
it went into the whole family. The children were struggling. I remember my now 14-year-old. I mean, he would just get so angry and he wasn't. I understand there's children who are on the spectrum and they, they have challenges. I, I have a brother who's who has Asperger's. And sometimes it's really hard to get them to calm down. But this wasn't that case. It was mm-hmm. the reflection of what was going on inside me, inside our marriage. And it was wearing right off onto him. And then fast forward to now, I mean, really just changing my mindset, my mindfulness, beginning to share it with my children. I mean, my older two boys have completely transformed. My younger three are are complete challenges. (laughs) 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 But they also, their free will, I mean, we're it's not restricted and it really should be restricted more than it is. I just need to say that while I'm staring at a whole bunch of art that they drew on my office wall without my permission, you know, so that's, they're not bad kids and their attitudes are amazing. It's just sometimes they don't understand what they should not do. (laughs) Nancy, the middle of my youngest three loves textures and it's really hard to take her to the store because even now at five, she will grab people's butts at the grocery store because she loves (laughs) to just feel how things feel. It's it's like, sweetie, that's, that's really not acceptable, (laughs) but it's not, it's not wrong. And I think that's where a lot of struggle comes into every person's life. We tend to look at a lot as black and white, and we forget that there's a beautiful rainbow in between. Right. Rather than, you know, that's wrong, you can talk more in the sense of, you know, we all have a personal space just like you do, you know. And so, you know, if we talk from that perspective, sometimes more than just right or wrong, like you say, black or white. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to have to use, I don't know why it didn't occur to me to talk about personal space with them. Yeah, because they have that (laughs) personal space too. And even though they're a little more, you know, easily, (laughs) more rowdy, easily move out, they're not so, their personal space is not quite so defined as when you get a little older. Mm -hmm. But still, you know, children do need to learn to respect each other's as well as adults and whatever their personal space. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know. I can't have these two going to kindergarten next year and touching their yeah. <laughs> fellow students' butts. <laughs> or the teacher. Yeah, right. Or the teachers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can only imagine that conversation. Yeah. You talked about going through Christy Whitman's certification. I love when I'm embarrassed to admit, I didn't even know that. She's been a guest and I've met her and had the opportunity to chat with her. And even at the event that we were at together, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel so extremely blessed, and this is going to sound a little bit backwards, that I messed up my first business 15 years ago so bad that I decided not to run this one off of credit cards because I would love to be certified in the law of attraction because even building funnels, there's so many times that I want to tell clients, fix your attitude. It's going mm-hmm. to be Everything is going to be good. Stop looking at what's negative. I want to put on my application for my products, to be totally honest. 
how's your mindset? How's your mindfulness? What type of attitude do you have? Because I'm not going to work with people who are in scarcity mindset or have a poopy attitude. I borrowed right. that one from my kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. But as a spirituality mentor and law of attraction life coach, do you still find yourself challenged by clients in their mindset at any point? Well, it depends. You can have a poopy mindset, as you say, but if you're open to change, that's the key. That's really the key. If somebody isn't open to change, I mean, you can take them wherever they are and move them forward, even if it's just a little bit, it's helpful to them, you know, and then they can keep growing as much as they want. But you have to make that choice. Again, it goes back to choice. And if forever, yes, some people, it's just really hard to get out of that, you know, everybody else's fault, you know, the victim kind of thing. They don't see it as victim, but that's what it is. You know, oh, it's, you know, my parents did this, or, you know, the teachers did that, or the government's doing this, or, you know, all these things that we just don't take the ultimate responsibility. So, yes, you still deal with those people. And if someone is just never going to change, yeah, you can just say, you know, I've never really had to actually cut anybody off, <laughs> I, I must say. And I can get kind of direct with people with, you know, working with them. And then they may decide they just don't want to work with me, you know. But yes, that, that's an issue. But it comes back to choice. You know, that reminds me of another experience that I had when I was in my 20s and fairly young and early 20s. And you know how when you're growing up and you think back and you think, oh, you know, your parents are doing such and such, and they could be good people, but, you know, I'm not going to be like that when I grow up. <laughs> and lo and behold, you start growing up and you find yourself doing the same things, right? Saying the same things, you know, whatever. And so that's where I was at this moment. And I was talking to a mentor and I was saying, I don't want to be like my mother. Now, my mother was a great, wasn't she just passed on, but she was a great woman. I loved her. We were very close and sometimes too close. You know, she was a little dominating. So I'm saying, I don't want to be like my mother. I don't want to be like my mother. I'm going on and on and on. And he just listens calmly. And when I finally decided to stop, he says, you don't want to be like your mother? I said, no. Like, haven't you heard me? You know, and so he holds out his arm with his palm down. He says, you don't want to be like your mother? Then he turns his palm up and he says, then don't be like your mother. And I was like, hit me like a ton of bricks. I realized who's keeping me from being how I want to be? Nobody. <laughs> nobody. It was me. <laughs> and nobody then, nobody now. We have a choice. And sometimes people just need to be told that. Choose something different. You don't want to be like your mother. You don't want to be like him or her or whatever. Then don't be the way you want to be. And that was a big lesson for me to learn. Focus on what you want to be. Whatever your circumstances are, it doesn't matter. You put your creative attention of where you want to go, that better attitude, that mindset, you know, abundant mindset, whatever it is. Yes, you still deal with your issues and situations. You don't ignore it. You don't suppress them. You don't pretend they don't exist. <laughs> but you're not putting your creative energy into that. I'm absolutely loving this. And 
sorry, but not sorry that I'm working this background to what I do, but I have clients who get frustrated because they feel like they cannot create content. However, they can get onto a Facebook Live or video or podcast and talk for hours about what they do. I mean, listen to you and I, we could take this and transcribe it and have no I was going to say, that is content. Right? And, and so I'll say, I need some emails because I need it to be in your voice. Well, I have dyslexia. I, I'm a horrible writer. <laughs> well, do you have a smartphone? Yeah. Or do you have a way to record on your on your computer, like Zoom or anything? Yeah. Well, just hop on, pretend you're talking to me, and just have a conversation with me, and then we'll get it transcribed, and there you go. Oh, is that easy? Yeah, <laughs> it really is. But yeah. when you're thinking about how hard it is and how frustrated you are, then you're blocking yourself. Well, I never thought about that. Well, yeah, because you're getting into your own way. Exactly. And, and don't we I've all done do that? All, all the time. I do <laughs> yeah. it to myself all the time. I mean, the funniest times are probably when I, I just get so tizzied by what I need to be doing that, and listeners, I would love to know if you've been here too. I'll be talking on my phone, trying to find stuff, trying to get on my way out the door. And then I get in a tizzy because I'm looking for my phone, which as I just said, I'm talking on. <laughs> we're looking for our glasses. Who hasn't seen somebody who was looking for their glasses, which were on their head? Yeah, right, right. right. But, yeah. But it's a lot easier if we can, and I, I actually learned this on my own podcast, isn't that amazing, is be still and listen. Yes. I was not giving myself the opportunity to be still, ever. That is so important. So, so important mm -hmm. to just be still, go into your heart space and just be and listen and just be present. Thank you for saying heart space. That was the biggest thing for me too. Yeah. Because I was going into my head space. And yeah. you don't go into the head space of Kim Sutton if you ever want to come back on again. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to get attacked by ideas. And they, just you know, put you, our yeah. head space is usually pretty full. Uh -huh. And, you know, we can just drop into that heart space. I mean, one, one technique I teach is just think of a drop of water falling from your head, just dripping into a little still pool of the heart, simple little ripples, and you just drop with that drop of water. And you can learn to feel the energy of that heart space. That is where it's, it's presence and all is well, peace, equilibrium. We need to go to that space, and we can stay in that space even while we're doing other things. It's like I always use the example of like a, it's like our computer. You might be running around the internet and typing up emails, but in the background, those programs are running, and that's how it can be with our connection with that I am. We can always have it even while we're doing other things. wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. 
If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. I went through a period where, or I should say my family went through a period where my husband was working full-time out of the house. We were working to build or to buy our house that we're in right now. And with him working full-time out of the house, the kids needed to go in daycare. So I was crazy busy at home. My husband was working 12 to 16 hour days. So I was doing daycare, pick up and drop off. I live in a small town. I'm not complaining, but even that five minutes each way was sometimes just crazy making for me. But the kids, mm-hmm. as soon as I would pick them up, it's like 5.30 because yes, I'm that mom who would stretch it to the very last minute. I just need <laughs> to put that out there. So they're hungry. They're screaming on the way home. And I just, there were days I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it. And then I love that you're talking about IMs because I actually made an IM sheet. Yeah. And I picked a word for each letter of the alphabet. And I would go through them. As I said, oh, it was nice. only a five-minute yeah. five drive. But I would start saying, I am, and go down each letter of the alphabet. And one day, I'll never forget the older of my daughters. She must have been three or four. She says, Mom, are you talking to yourself? I said, yes. Yes, I am. She says, what are you saying? And I said, I'm doing my I ams. Well, tell them to me. So I started doing my I ams with them. Awesome. And when, and when I was able to pull back into myself instead of being wrapped up in the hungry grumpies, I mean, my family mm-hmm. could seriously be its own Snickers commercial. When, <laughs> when I finally pulled back from that chaos and reflected, you know, was still within myself, it all got better. Mm-hmm. And it felt so much exactly. better. I mentioned to you in the pre chat that, and this is sort of going to timestamp this episode that I'm traveling this upcoming weekend. I'm going to PodFest to speak. And the timestamp comes in that there's so much going on in the States right now and worldwide, actually, because of coronavirus. Right. I was getting wrapped up and very anxious, worrying about that. And it struck me last night of because you are worrying about it, you are attracting it and you need Mm. to just stop that right now. So I had a whole discussion with my husband and I was like, this is basically just the flu, right? I mean, I I realize it's a little bit more serious than that. He's like, yeah. So I said, well, we've gotten over the flu many times. Yep. So I'm not going to worry about it anymore. He says, good, go, be you, have fun. Don't think about that. Come home, we'll miss you. And in that very moment, just letting the fear go out the window. Right. I let all anxiety, almost all anxiety, it's a bigger audience than I've ever been in front of. (laughs) I I let almost all anxiety about this travel go out the window. But I feel like looking at the news right now, people are getting so wrapped up in the fear that they're not seeing the possibility on the other side and that maybe it's not as bad as we're making it out to be. Right. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Well, at this stage of it, you can, if nothing else, 
compare the the data of how many people get sick every year and die with the flu. I was kind of shocked when I heard how the tens of thousands of people die every year from the flu. Right. But you see, we don't worry about getting the flu every time we go somewhere because we've already, that's already kind of the, I hate to say it, but it's like the norm, you know? And so we're not focused on, you know, oh, am I going to get the flu all the time? Maybe some people are, but basically not. And so, yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing because where you place your energy, your attention, that's where your energy goes. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to create the condition. And, you know, I always, I usually end when people ask me when I'm being interviewed, you know, you have any final words for the people? Well, I'm going to say them now because it, it's appropriate to what we're saying. And that is, that we really must know in every fiber of our being that the power within us, within you, is greater than any power outside of you. Mm. And when you know that, that is almost a barrier of your aura. And you have that presence with you. And there are spiritual things you can do. You can call to Archangel Michael, who's known for protection, and place this light around you, visualize it. And just, it's, it's almost like an attitude of, you just don't accept it. And it's the best we can do, really. Plus, take care of washing our hands and doing those things, too. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. So the funny thing is, is that I had put off purchasing my plane ticket because I was just being overly mindful of what was going on. Plus, I was also watching finances. I need to be totally transparent like I always am. And then it got to be too late. I mean, the flights were not working. It was just astronomical prices. I said, okay, what am I going to do now? So now it's a family joke. Mom is going to have a vacation in the car. I am driving. It's going to be 14 hours each way. I am so looking forward to that. Can I tell you how looking forward I am to 28 hours in the car by myself? By yourself and quiet, right? (laughs) I understand. I know. I know. And I'm leaving in the middle of the night and I can take a nap when I get there. A long, a long nap. But I'm so looking forward to it. I'll wash my hands at the restaurant. I can pack all the snacks and the drinks that I want. Exactly. From my favorite store. And I'm looking, I'm turning it around to a total positive. And you and I met at an event. I can't even explain to you how hard it is for me to pack a suitcase when I'm flying because I only want to take the, I don't want to have to wait at the, the luggage. Oh, right, something. Right, yeah. So I will only pack that one that can fit in the overhead bin. That is so difficult for me because I overpack. I mean, my family mm-hmm. would go away for a three day vacation and I would have two suitcases growing up. So now <laughs> they brought up the big suitcase from me last night and I was just glowing with happiness. Yeah, and think about it. It actually clears away. You're not going to be in an airplane full of people not knowing if there are any carriers there, you know? Right. No missed flights, no No. thunderstorms, no nothing. Like me, myself. Exactly. Blasting my music as loud as I want to and maybe my kids tell me it's horrible. Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's going to be. So everything works out for the better. And I just want to continue on this for one last second. I went into my computer last night to pull out my slide deck and see if there were any changes that need to be made. Well, my computer 
Here's another example of law of attraction. This is actually perfect. My Mac had had crashed and burned right before the end of last year, and I got a new one, and everything was recovered thanks to cloud storage, except for, it appeared last night, my slide deck. (laughs) However, I didn't get down. I did a simple search and I found a PDF where I had sent it out and I was recreating it this morning in an even better form. I was like just sitting there drinking my coffee thinking this provides great opportunity and needed to be updated anyway. I don't want people to see the same one. I have, you know, it's a new year and I'm so excited about this new one, but I would love to know your thoughts. Last night, well, okay, I lied a little bit. Last night, I was a little bit frustrated. I was also very tired. And I I learned from watching Esther Hicks, one of the greatest expressions that that I learned from her was simply take a nap. Mm -hmm. So last night when I found myself getting frustrated, it was already 11.30. If anybody ever hears frustration in my voice, it's most likely because I'm tired and I give you full authority to tell me to go take a nap because that's likely what I need. So I decided, you know what, I'm not going to stress about this right now. My husband's like, are you okay? And I was like, yep. You know what? I think I'm just going to go to bed. This will be so much easier in the morning when I'm not tired. He's like, good idea. (laughs) So I I just, I did that. Taking a nap and, and letting the worry go and the stress go and just letting my body clear of one day and move into the next is magic. Yes. Do you work with your clients about that? Yes. And I can give you a little bit of a spiritual perspective if you want to hear Would it. Would love it. Yeah. When we go to sleep, our soul literally leaves the body, right? We're not conscious into our body. I mean, when we die, it permanently leaves. But when we go to sleep, it just leaves and goes into spiritual realms. Now, hopefully high enough spiritual realms, you know, we're not having horrible nightmares, but you can actually, before you go to sleep, I mean, this is why sometimes you will wake up with new creative ideas, a whole new, whether it's a nap or, or sleeping all night, but you can go and you can call before you go to sleep. Ask the angels to take you to, there are temples in the etheric spiritual realm that we go and we study and we learn and we and all these things we don't always consciously remember but we come back with inspiration do you wake up sometimes with just tons of inspiration if you're quiet and let yourself receive it kind of like a download from your higher self you know so your soul goes off and comes back so you can ask to be taken somewhere take me to a, a retreat where you know I can learn self-confidence or, you know, whatever. You can ask for anything. Mm. And we have spiritual help. But this is why, you know, we can only stay so long in this dimension without our soul going back to spirit. Just like people go crazy if they don't sleep for days and days, you know. It's a trauma to us. So we're kind of required to go back to be have a healthy, balanced lifestyle. So. We're not, you know, people sometimes just say, well, you know, where do we go when we sleep? Well, you're definitely not in your conscious awareness. And, of course, then, you know, people say, well, you can learn, you know, um, dream and, and actually control your dream 
if you can get conscious enough, or you can start to remember experiences that you have, or you come back and you have a dream that doesn't make a lot of sense per se, a lot of symbolism in it or whatever. It doesn't matter, but some people really learn to work with their dreams, interpret them, and they learn what symbol, what things in their dreams mean to them. Mm. But bottom line, yes, it's much easier when you're tired, just let it go let yourself go, rest your body, and in the morning or whenever after the nap or whatever, come back and you can be in a whole different place. Hmm. I would love to hear your thoughts on on dreams. I started dating my first husband in high school, 1997, and we were together until late 2010. And then my now husband and I got together after my first husband and I split, but we were only together a couple months when we split up for a little bit. My husband now, Dave, had had a long line of women who did him wrong, and he was waiting for me to do him wrong, so he sabotaged the relationship. I love him dearly. He's my soulmate. The reason I bring this up is because those 13 years that I was with my first husband, and even till now, I never had a dream about him. However, every single night while Dave and I were not apart for those three months, I would dream about him. Do you have any explanation for that? Well, to be perfectly honest, I'm not a dream expert. (laughs) And I do know that many times, of course, it depends on the context of the dream also. But People in our lives symbolize certain things to us. And, you know, like whether it's your parent or a teacher or, you know, what does that person mean to you or how do you view that? What are they symbolizing? You know, a lot of times we just dream in symbols and it could be people. Now, some dreams can be you're having an experience and you're remembering it, literally, you know. And so, I I mean, I don't know. I mean you can, it's interesting that that happened, but, it, you know, you'd need to look at what, what happened in the dream. You know, what were you doing? Was it a pleasant dream? Were you, I mean, you could have been resolving things with him in that relationship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it could have been, okay, we're resolving. We're, we're finally getting this settled. You know, not, not just divorce-wise in the physical, but in the spiritual side, in the psychological side, the emotional side, you know? We're yeah. settling. Well, I, I'm talking about like when I dreamed about my husband, it was about my current husband, Dave. It was never, I still to this oh. day have not dreamed about my ex-husband. Even oh, for the I 13 see. It was years. your current husband yeah. when you were apart? When we were apart very early, be, while we were still dating, I dreamt about him every single night. Well, in that was, case, you may very well have been creating your relationship. That's what <laughs> I'm wondering. Working, working things out, and mm. then you got okay. Oh yeah, you know? and then when we finally got back together, he, he said, "Thank you for not giving up." You know, because I knew you were it. I was just scared. Yeah, to me, that sounds like that. More like you were working things out on a higher level, and then you were able to come together physically. Nancy, ironically, the conversation that introduced me to the law of attraction was with my chiropractor who's a friend and he asked me what's your favorite movie this was during our my intro appointment with him he he very much likes small talk so i told him it was 
what dreams may come robin williams mm-hmm. and just the imagery is is amazing and now that we've talked about dreams and law of attraction i can so see it you know what dreams may come it's all weaving itself together funnily now 10 years after my husband and I started our relationship and have been married for almost eight years, but I'd never even thought about that. What dreams may come. And then I dreamt about them for all those months while we were apart. And and now, I mean, it, it's absolutely woven itself together beautifully like the movie. Right. Nice. Where do you focus your thoughts or do you not attempt to to focus your thoughts? I know that... I know what I'm trying to say is just stuck in my brain. Well, I'll tell you the one thing that I like to wake up to, remind myself during the day, is gratitude. That's where I like to, you know, I just thank God for, you know, the beautiful place I live. We live up in the mountains, 8,000 feet high. It's eternal spring, green all year, growing season. It's beautiful. I'm in Ecuador now, just about 40 kilometers north of the equator. But because we live in the Andes so high, you know, it's not real, real hot. It gets cool at night, in fact, when the sun goes down. And then nice and, you know, between, goes like usually between 50 and 70, 80 degrees all year. But every day, you know, it moves up and down with the, and it's very peaceful. So just, Giving thanks for, you know, if you're having financial difficulties, giving thanks for that abundance just flowing into your life and taking a deep breath and believing that that abundance is like, it's like oxygen. You can breathe it in because God, you know, that abundance of the universe just comes to you. And gratitude raises your vibration faster and higher than almost anything because with gratitude, comes an outpouring in the heart and love and love we know and joy and and that you know those are the highest vibrations in the universe not just human love but literally that you know love that holds the the physical universe together and so gratitude is really where i try to focus my thoughts even if you start to get frustrated i mean for me you know i just say oh Beloved, I am presence, my higher self. Take command of this situation. I'm turning it over to you. I'm your hands and feet here. Let's make this happen. And, you know, you can constantly invoke a higher part of yourself. And yes, you're one with it. That's what we're meant to be, and that integrity and those I am statements. Yes, you can do just, I am this, I am that, you know. But when you realize that I am means you're calling upon that divine part of yourself to create that condition, that's, you know, so if we're constantly going into I'm sick or, the you know, I'm broke, I'm this, I'm that, we're focusing our creative energy on that condition. So it's not just empty affirmations. They can be, you know, but still saying it, you're creating a condition, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. We're creating all the time. That's it. Thank you for bringing up the the empty affirmations because I had empty affirmations for far too long. And it wasn't until I really 
began a journey of developing my confidence and understanding of my value. Mm-hmm. And not just saying, you know, I am confident because <laughs> I did that to myself too. I had an affirmation about my confidence. Well, come on, that's just BS unless you actually believe it. You need to believe these things. Well, and that is true. Again, we can kid ourselves, like you say, we can just pretend that we are this and that. And yes, you know, pretending and visualizing and imagining, that's powerful. But when, like you say, I'm confident and somebody just, you know, bottom line, their feelings, their beliefs are not confident. So the affirmation, what we have to understand is we have to look at where we are. And when we are saying, I am confident, we have to understand that we are tuning into something higher than what we might be feeling at the moment. We're invoking a higher part of ourselves, just like you know, when I was talking to myself, comforting myself, we have to understand, okay, you know, I'm not confident. Why am I not confident? Listen to yourself. That inner child, that inner soul will tell you, I'm not, you know, will literally will will tell you what you're afraid of. What are you afraid of? Mm. And you can heal that fear, you know, and yes, we can go to, to coaches or we can go to psychologists and all of that can be very helpful. But until we really make that decision inside to change and to not ignore anymore these things, not make excuses like you say, oh, I'm just a jerk and that's the way I am and you have to accept it. Well, yeah, you can be that way. You have free will. But that's not going to get you necessarily where you want to be, you know. and so. It's really, we have this incredible power that we don't even understand sometimes. Nancy, how do you feel about the expression, fake it till you make it? It depends. It depends. I do believe that stepping into a reality with your feelings, and this is where the gratitude can come in, where you're just, I am grateful for this abundance pouring into me, and it may not be at the moment. But the point is, you are going into a higher vibration. Now, if you're just with your ego saying, oh, I'm this, I'm that, and da-da-da-da, and you don't, you know, you're not in integrity with your feelings and your thoughts and everything, it's not going to work. But if you take it as, not am I, I'm not just saying the kind of life I want to live. I'm literally stepping into it vibrationally. I am being it. It's kind of like, be happy. You can be happy even when, like you say, someone else is acting like a jerk. You can still be happy. It's a choice. But see, we don't realize we have these choices a lot of times. We don't realize that we can just get out of it. I mean, there, there'll be times when, you know, you'll start with something, some of these thoughts, oh, this, oh, that, oh, that. And I mean, I just have to say, Nancy, cool it. We're not there anymore, remember? Here's where we are. Let's get it together, you know, get in alignment. You just sometimes have to do, I mean, I did that for years after that initial experience of not being a victim Mm -hmm. until your being is, you know, in alignment and in integrity, integrity with your higher self, with your feelings, your thoughts. You're not, you're not like this war within yourself 
you're feeling, you feel one thing, you believe another thing, you're mentally trying to create this, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that. That's why I say you have to step into this larger dimension of yourself and take charge and be, you know, if you have these hurt feelings, you had traumas in your life, and many of us have had, you know, major traumas. You can work with that trauma, with that part of yourself that still carries that trauma. Everything in the universe is energy. We know that scientifically, spiritually, we know everything's energy, including us. And any negative memory, no matter how powerful it might be or how insignificant, is energy locked into a certain pattern. And you can free that energy through your own love, caring for yourself, listening to yourself, talk to yourself. I mean, that could be mentally and it could be verbally. You can do it however it works for you. But we have to start to listen to these parts of ourselves that need healing, that are not whole. And we can start to resolve these things. And that's what forgiving is all about, for giving, giving it up, letting it go. I mean, my brother at the age of 39 was brutally murdered by his ex-business partner, shot nine times. Mm. That was a trauma to our yeah. whole family. And you can get through traumas. In fact, it's a, you must get through traumas if you want to continue with your life. You can give it away, give it up. Do we forget who he is? Do we forget it happened? No. But that emotional charge, that pain has been processed. And you do go through grief. You do go through feelings. You can't deny those things. And pretend, oh, you know, even when you have a spiritual understanding that, hey, that's not the end of life, we know we go on. But you still have that trauma that you have to deal with. So deal with it and move on rather than carry it for the rest of your life. And, you know, it's like we want to carry our wounds. Somehow it locks into our identity and we want to, you know, just that's who we are now. We've been wounded. Right. One of our mutual connections, Debbie Adea, taught me, she shared with me something that she heard at a conference last fall, and it was, share your scars, not your wounds. And that mm. was huge for me because yeah. even at that time, I was going through some major shifts in my personal life and in my business. And I was sharing too many of the wounds. And they weren't serving me or the people that I was sharing them with. Mm -hmm. But when I could step back and I had to forgive, but I also had to own my responsibility. Now, I please know that this does not apply to every trauma. And I totally recognize that if you're assaulted or if a family member is brutally murdered like your brother was, there's not accountability to be taken for that. Besides moving on, which I realize is really hard, but there were actions that I had taken that led to the circumstances that I was in and I needed to take accountability, but then I needed to forgive and I needed, I actually found the greatest propellant when I was actually able to be grateful for the circumstances as bad as they were because they taught me more than I would have right. ever, ever learned if I had not gone through that. Mm-hmm. So and that's that's what life's about. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of the story of uh, 
well, I don't know if you've ever read the books, the Essene Gospel of Jesus Christ. It talks about no. the Essene communities that existed at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were communities and they had certain, you know, beliefs and things. And they, they record in their teachings how Jesus worked with them. And they record a story of how this man came up to Jesus who had, you know, this, I I don't know if it was leprosy or whatever the illness was, serious. And he was going on and on about, you know, all the negatives of it and how, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. And according to the Essenes, Jesus said, you know, he wanted him to heal him. And he said, you know, bless you, but your illness has not served you yet and left, did not heal him. See, we have these things in our life because it could be a return of karma. That's another thing Mm -hmm. from previous lives. Or it can be a lesson that we knew when we came into this life. We worked on what our life's going to be like. We agreed, okay, yeah, I have to do this. I have to meet this. You know, I have to da-da-da-da-da-da. We have a plan. So. Sometimes these things are things we that teach us, that help us get over some of the chronic patterns in our psychology that we aren't even aware of. Bang. That's it right there. Because, yeah. I mean, what I went through taught me the confidence in how to have value in what I do and who I am that I had been lacking for the first seven years of my business. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... You know, I, I do have my Christian faith, and I, I like to say that God will nudge me only a number of times before he hits me with the two-by-four. <laughs> right. And that was the two-by-four. That was the final yeah. awakening of, exactly. I am talking to you. Are you finally listening to me? And That's I, right. And I finally listened. And it, dang, it hurt a lot. But the gratitude that I have now is overwhelming and it, it still hurts. I got to admit it, it still hurts because now I'm putting my pieces back together and <laughs> I'm tired mm-hmm. of putting the, pu- I don't think our puzzle is ever put together because it, the picture constantly changes. Yeah. yeah. We evolve. We spiritually evolve. That's our whole reason for being here actually. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Nancy, I want to thank you because you've given me so much to think about today. And I know you've given a lot to the listeners as well. Listeners, actually, I cut off my my gratitude for you before I was finished with that thought. (laughs) That's how my brain works. But thank you so much for joining us today. Listeners, I would love to hear your ahas. So be sure to head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP651 and leave your ahas down below the show notes. And while you're there, make sure to head on over to to Apple Podcasts or to your favorite podcast listening platform and leave a rating and review for not only positive productivity, but also make sure to subscribe, rate and review Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Yes, and I would like to offer a couple of gifts to your listeners. Free Love gifts. that, please. Yes, they can find everything from my, you know, podcast to my courses, whatever, on nancyshowalter.com. Everything's, you know, lead. You can get a lead there for everything. But I do have a free mini course. It's called "How to Speak Your Success: The Shocking Truth of How Your Words Impact Achieving Your Goals." 
And I have also a free gift of, I wrote a book, It's Okay to Be Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Increased Wealth and Personal Mastery. And I offer a free copy of my electronic copy of that book. And it's on Amazon too, if you want a hard copy. But both of those, they're welcome to one or both. And they can see also, I have a short course there, Three Steps to Staying Spiritually Connected, and a larger course, Find Your Purpose, Fulfill Your Destiny, Five Secrets for Revealing Your Unique Reason for Being. But the two free gifts are there, and they're welcome to take advantage of that. Amazing listeners, you can find all the links in the show notes at thegimsutton.com forward slash pp651. Nancy, I know you already shared your parting piece of advice, but would you mind sharing it one more time? Because it was so awesome that I know it needs to be repeated. I will, because I love to share it. And that is, know without a doubt, not just intellectually, but know it and believe it in every fiber of your being. The power in you is greater than any power outside of you. And when you know that, know it, know it, know it really, then nothing can harm you, no matter what negative energy, no matter what negative circumstance comes, you can always bounce back because you know who you are. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. 